The message you're about listening to is from Pastor E.A. Adeboe, the General Overseer of the Redeemed Christian Church of God. continue with our series uh, for whom the heavens open now looking at the text Joshua chapter 5 reading from verse 13 to 15 Joshua 5 13 to 15 and it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, there stood a man over against him, with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Are thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship, and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto the, his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Lose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. We've been looking at this series, For Whom the Heavens Opens. And we welcome those of you who are joining us on this series. Today, we've We've spoken a lot about what happens when the heavens open. As when the heavens open, divine visitation is automatic. That God may send angels or he may come himself. That when God comes himself, it automatically implies that he will have to rise up on his throne in heaven. Then he will come down in the shape of a man and then he will begin to walk towards the very place he has, he has a mind to go. And then we, we said when he arises, uh, his enemies scatters, and when he's passing by, he distributes miracles. And then we now said, what happens when he arrives? Last Sunday we said when he arrives, there'll be an earthquake. Foundational problems will be taken care of. Doors will open. And when he opens a door, no man can shut it. And uh, there'll be freedom at last. Because his anointing automatically will destroy yokes. And then you can then begin to move forward, make progress. And uh, there'll be no more limitations to you. We said you will even go ahead and turn your enemies to servants. And you will humiliate your arch enemies. So we'll continue from there today. And we say, well, we, we have seen... All that could happen when God decides to come. Now, what if he arrives and he does more than just arriving? 
and he steps in. What if he should decide to step into your house today? As we see in Luke chapter 5 from verse 1 to 11, Luke 5 from verse 1 to 11, when he stepped into the boat of Peter, he didn't just arrive, he stepped in. Because it's one thing to arrive at a man's house. It's another thing to enter. The moment he stepped into the boat of Peter, all his fruitless efforts ended. This man said he had labored all night and caught nothing. But the moment Jesus stepped in, his breakthrough came. He had so much blessing, suddenly, it was beyond his capacity to contain. He had to send for friends to come and help him carry the, the, the blessing. And if you read that passage very well, you will discover that after that blessing came, Peter was frightened. Bible said he fell at the feet of Jesus Christ and said, please go. Go away from me. Because the reason he said go away from me was because the Bible said he was frightened, was afraid. There are blessings and there are blessings. Thank God many of us have experienced blessings of God. But there are blessings that can frighten. There is a level of blessing that will cause you to tremble. There's a kind of blessing that you, you don't even know what to say. It's a blessing that you want to tell God, this is more than I can cope with. Many of us have never experienced that kind of blessing before. But I have a feeling that I should prophesy to someone that this very year you will experience that kind of blessing. Amen. You see, Psalm 68 verse 19, Psalm 68 verse 19 takes, tells us that when God wants to bless, he does it loadful on a daily basis. He loses with benefits. God is not a miser. He had promised again and again. He said, do my will and then step aside and see me act. In Malachi chapter 3 verse 10, Malachi 3 verse 10, he said, if you bring all the ties into my house, he promised to open a window of heaven. He promised heaven will open and he will pour in a blessing. 
Now, I know many of us will say, where is that blessing? Take my word for it. God is not a man that he should lie. He had never promised without fulfilling it. It is just one thing that many of us get, uh, we just overlook. You know, he said in his word, he said, for everything there is a season. For every purpose of God, there is a time. And you never can tell when your time will come. I would love to join my faith with yours and promise you that your time will come today. Amen. When God decides to come in, all of a sudden, miracles that will frighten, miracles that will be continuous by loads coming in daily till you will say, God, there's no more room to contain. He said, I haven't started. We'll begin. All you need to do, read your Bible in First Kings chapter 17. Verse 8 to 16, 1 Kings 17 from verse, 1, from verse 8 to 16. The widow of Zarephath had only one meal left. Then God came in. And every day, every day, she had more than enough flour, more than enough oil, to prepare for the man of God, to prepare for herself, to prepare for her son every day. I'm sure if you were to ask that woman, she would tell you, I was frightened. But then the Bible made it clear because you, you, you I know somebody will be saying, Oh God, how I wish I were the one. He's talking to now. The Bible did say that she wasn't the only widow. There were many widows in the land. And it was only to one that God sent for that particular kind of miracle. The woman who was willing to put God first. And God did that because so that when probably on the last day some widows will begin to say, God, you knew there were many widows in the land. You sent to one fellow, you didn't send to us. Probably God would have asked them, are you willing to do what she did? And I hope some of us are listening to me. Maybe God will inspire you to do something for him that Nobody else will be willing to do. So that when he does for you, when he performs that miracle, that will become frightening. And anybody wants to complain, he will say to them, I am a just God. I am not a respecter of persons. When God gives you a miracle that will frighten you, like he did in the case of Peter, it's always because he knows the future. 
Read the story very well. That's Luke chapter 5 that we're talking about. Read it up to verse 11. The Bible said, Peter forsook all and followed him. God knew in advance, here is one man who would love me more than anything in the world. I pray that God himself will walk upon each and every one of us and bring us into a situation where we qualify to receive a miracle that will frighten us. Now, what if he chooses to stay? Because it's one thing to arrive, another thing to come in, another thing to stay. If he chooses to stay, like in the story we read in 1 Kings chapter 17, if you read the story from verse 8 all the way to 24, and you don't stop at verse 16, 1 Kings 17 from verse 8 to 24, you will discover that you are dealing with an enemy who is, a, who is relentless. Every child of God by now should know. The Bible made it abundantly clear. We are not wrestling with flesh and blood. We are fighting with forces we can't see. And whether you believe it or not, on a daily basis, your adversary, the devil, is walking about, seeking whom he may devour. And whether you like it or not, the devil is going to be around until God decides to imprison him. And that is not today. That's going to happen in the future. So victory today does not mean that the enemy is not going to attack tomorrow. One of the things children of God need to know is that the Bible says, after you have done all, stand. Be ready. As a matter of fact, the more God begins to bless you, the more you should be steadfast. Because the enemy is not going to like what God is about to do for you. Like I've always said, if all you have is a second-hand bicycle, two shirts, and probably two trousers, you don't need a bodyguard. You don't need a security guard to guard you. Who is coming to steal from you? You have nothing worthy of attack of the enemy. But when God begins to prosper you, and he's going to, Amen. when this kind of miracle that frightens, the blessings that frightens, begin to come into your life, the enemy is going to be angry. And if they fail once, they will want to try again. In the case of the woman, in, in the, the widow of Zarephath, the devil had thought that he has gotten the woman and the son 
ready for total destruction. The woman said so. Only one meal to eat, and, and myself and my son will die. Commit suicide. God came in. He stopped the enemy then. But then after some time, the Bible said the son fell sick and died. Death came again. But because God was resident, because the resurrection and the life was resident, he chased out death. I pray in the name of the one who sent me, death will not visit your home anymore. Amen. When he chooses to stay, he puts sorrow permanently away from your residence. In Psalm 40, you can read it from verse 1 to 3. Psalm 40 from verse 1 to 3. When he hears your cry, and he stretches out his mighty hands to snatch you out of the mighty clay, he will put a new song in your mouth. There are all kinds of songs. But definitely the song that God is going to put in your mouth will be a song of victory, Amen. a song of joy. Amen. When he chooses to stay, things will continue to get better and better. But I can go on and on, but I'm sure by now some of you will begin to say, when are we really going to get to the text we have been reading? Well, let's take a peep at that text now and see why are we reading that text again and again. You see, we have said that God could send an angel when the heavens open to announce good news, like in Judges 13 and in Luke chapter 1. That God could send an angel to frustrate the plans of the enemies, like in Daniel chapter 6 or in Acts chapter 12. But the man, the angel he sends this time in Joshua chapter 5 wasn't an ordinary angel. He was a commander in the army of God. That tells you one thing straight away. There are angels and there are angels. And some angels are more powerful than others. Oh, we know Psalm 24 from verse 7 to 10. Psalm 24 from verse 7 to 10. That the Almighty God Himself is called the Lord of hosts, the Commander in Chief. <laughs> but He has some little, little commanders under Him. And occasionally, when an ordinary angel can't even handle your situation, He will send a commander. You know the story in Daniel chapter 10 from verse 1 to 14. Daniel 10 from verse 1 to 14. Daniel was praying. God had the prayer. 
sent an angel with the, with the answer. And then there was a principality that blocked the way of the angel. <laughs> I'm not saying this one to frighten you. I'm saying this to prepare you. Because God is about to bless you. Amen. And you need to be prepared for the great days ahead. You need to be prepared. Why? Because like you all know, and I've said this before, if you jump from a story building, if you did the jumping, you will not be as hot as if you are pushed. If you jump, you prepare for the landing. If you are pushed, then great days are ahead. And if great days are ahead, anybody who knows anything about boxing knows very well that if you used to be featherweight, and suddenly you become heavyweight. The opponent will change. Nobody is going to ask a heavyweight to go and fight a featherweight. But thank God, whenever a principality is blocking the way of an angel, God has a commander that he could send. When Daniel had been praying, and an angel was bringing the result, and the principality blocked the way, God sent another angel. He sent a commander. I don't know who God is talking to this Sunday. You have been fasting. You have been praying. For days, at times for months, and it may look as if God didn't hear. He has heard. It may look as if the answer hasn't, is not coming. The answer is on the way. Might be there have been a principality blocking the way, might be because of the size of the miracle coming. <laughs> you can take just one example. The Bible said in Luke chapter 1, you can read it from verse 5 onward. That Zechariah and his wife, both of them were blameless. They are not people that their, their prayers were hindered by sin. They were blameless. God said so. And yet, for years, they prayed for a child. And the child didn't come. They didn't God hear. They didn't God hear the cry of his high priest. The one who could come into the Holy of Holies, he heard. But God has his timetable. God has made up his mind that the son they were waiting for can only be six months older than the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And when the time came, the greatest man in the Old Testament was born by these people. The delay to your prayer might be because of the size of the miracle coming. And I'm believing God. For those of you who are listening to me today, I believe God that the commander among the angels that is going to come out of open heavens to pay you a visit is going to arrive today. Because the heavens open and Joshua lifted up his eyes at a time when he had a problem, there is no way he could handle it himself. He was standing before a wall so high, so thick, that according to historians, even if that wall was to be pushed down, it would still be as high as it was. The width was as long as well as the height. Pull it down. You see they, you see there. And in any case, the Bible says clearly in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 9, 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 9, that by strength shall no man prevail. There are certain problems your strength can handle. It's going to require a commander from the Almighty God. And my prayer for you today, this very, very special day, is that that commander will arrive. Amen. And suddenly, God will take over your battle. Amen. And I'll begin to tell you what to do so that you can have victory at last. Amen. That's where I'm stopping for now. But we'll pick it up from here next Sunday if the Lord tarries. Which is why I don't even think that you need to be told that you need to be on the side of God. Because it doesn't matter how great you think you are. There is a wall you can't climb over. There is a battle you can't fight yourself. It doesn't matter how powerful you think you are. There are some powers that are higher than yours. And when they decide to gang up against you, you will fail. Unless you have somebody who is the commander of all the hosts of heaven on earth and underneath the earth to fight for you. I'll tell you a story very quickly. Years ago, I sent two, my children twos to go and witness from house to house. And they went to a house in Ota. And they didn't know whose house it was. They just met a man there and they began to witness to him. Give your life to Jesus Christ, etc., etc. Then he looked at them and said, well, because you are small, small uh, children, I will forgive you. Won't you look around? Look at what's on the walls. I'm the head of all the... Uh, secret society is here. I'm the head of all the herbalists. They're talking to me about Jesus, talking to me about power. Here is power. And I've told the children never to argue. 
So then what to say if they come across a situation like that? So they said, yes, sir. Thank you. But do you have a problem you could not solve? A personal problem. And suddenly he was shocked. He said, yeah, yes, I do have. Because he was in league with the witches. And the, the agreement is that we will supply you with all the power you need. But once in a while we'll come for our salary. The salary they have been collecting was that any time he got married and the wife was pregnant, they would come and say, we want to collect our salary. And the wife would begin to bleed till she died. He was married to the 17th wife when my children arrived. And he had fallen in love with this one. And now the wife was pregnant and the wife was bleeding and he has tried all his charms but nothing could, could do. And so the boy said, all right, now you have a problem you can handle. Let's show you that all power has in heaven and on earth belong to Jesus. Bring the wife. They brought the wife. They prayed for the wife. The bleeding stopped. And the man gave his life to Jesus Christ. Don't wait till you have a problem that you can't solve. Come to Jesus today. And he will save your soul and fight your battles for you. Shall we pray? For those of you who want to give your life to Jesus Christ, wherever you are, signal to him that you want to surrender to him. Ask him to save your soul. Ask him to please forgive your sins. Come into your life and begin to stay. And promise him that you will serve him for the rest of your life. And so, my Father, my God, I thank you for your word. I thank you very much for those who have decided to surrender their life to you today. Father, please receive them. Save their souls. Forgive their sins. Let your blood wash them clean. Receive them into the family of God. And take over their battles, O Lord. And begin to fight for them. And I, give, I ask that you please give them that grace that from now, anytime they call on you, you will answer them by fire. Amen. Thank you, my Father. And for all of us who have been expecting miracles that we frighten, let this day be our day. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Please join us on this same station at this time for another wonderful experience as Pastor E.A. Adeboye exposes the deep mysteries in the Word of God.